Hello and welcome to the Positive Choices Podcast, where we give you brain-based strategies to help children make positive choices, solve social problems, regulate strong feelings, and thrive. I'm Lindsay Keeley, a social and emotional learning specialist and your host. In today's episode, we explore why Positive Choices started a podcast, who we are, and what we teach. Here joining me in this episode is Thomas Keeley, my co-host and husband. Let's get started. We're going to start with why. So why is Positive Choices coming out with a podcast here? We're making this podcast because we're really excited to provide effective and practical strategies to help both families and teachers and anyone else who tunes in to help children thrive. And we want to give practices every week that you can start to implement and that we hope impacts your life in a positive way. In addition to practical strategies, we also want to dive into the brain research and the science that goes on behind these strategies that we give. We want to help you have a clearer picture of what happens in your brain and how making different changes in your life can have a positive impact on the relationships that you have. So even if you don't personally have children or even if you're not an educator, what you learn about your brain and the the different aspects, you know, we're going to be diving into cognitive behavioral therapy. We're going to be talking about different pieces that have to do with psychology. We're going to break it down and we're going to help you understand how it can impact the way that you live, parent, and teach. All right. Awesome. So uh, now that we've looked at the why, let's jump into the who. So Lindsay, why don't you tell us about yourself? To tell you about myself personally, I live in Central Oregon and absolutely love exploring the outdoors, feel super blessed to live in such a beautiful place, Um, enjoy spending time with family, especially my husband, who is currently interviewing me in this podcast. Thank you again for your time. Of course. Professionally, I have the honor of getting to work with families and educators, getting to coach them, do trainings in different capacities, and I get to develop social and emotional learning curriculum, namely positive choices. Additionally, I get to work with university students at Oregon State University Cascades. I am an instructor in the education department, so get to partner with students who are on their way to becoming educators in the elementary setting. Not only do I get to give them information, but I get to learn from them. And at the end of the day, ultimately, I am a learner and I completely love learning about the science, the research. It's very meaningful to me. And I love learning from those I work with. In fact, some of some of the biggest aha moments and most important pieces that I've experienced as I made the curriculum was what I learned from children. All right. Awesome. So uh, let's jump into the what then. We've been throwing these words positive choices around quite a bit. Why don't you tell us about what positive choices actually is? So Positive Choices is a curriculum, and we have one for schools and also one for families. And ultimately, it's an easy-to-use guide, and it teaches kids important social and emotional learning skills, and it does this through engaging stories. It makes it fun. It makes it kids want to learn these important life skills. And we use research-based strategies throughout the curriculum. We weave it in with the end goal of supporting optimal brain development so kids can thrive. And uh, you're saying social-emotional. What exactly is that for people that maybe haven't heard that so much? Yes. Social and emotional learning is huge. And essentially, it's acknowledging that all these different behaviors that we expect of children, like following our directions, knowing what to do when they're having these big feelings, and they're in the middle of Target, and they are demanding a toy that, that you are not wanting to purchase for them, essentially 
if we take a skill-based approach, rather than looking at just the behavior and targeting that, we're able to pull back and say, what are the skills that these children need to have to be able to be successful, whether they're in the classroom or whether they're at home or shopping in Target, as previously mentioned. Some of these skills that help kids be successful are learning how to solve problems, how to set personal goals for themselves, how to make positive choices. What does that look like to follow directions? It dives into the why and what it looks like. Um, Learning how to talk about feelings. Emotional literacy is huge. And being able to understand how you're feeling in the neuroscience, in the research, that's a huge part of emotional wellness. Um, Learning how to make healthy choices. And you could think of these also as coping skills. So, and this translates into adulthood. When you are experiencing stress, what are your go-tos? I know that Netflix, chocolate, those are very common, but how can we start to build healthy choices as behaviors that kids go to when they're experiencing stress in their lives? Um, Practical strategies like how to take calming breaths and how to redirect behavior, redirect strong emotions. And then finally, using positive self-talk. So how can we get kids to have a really positive approach and internal dialogue? And likewise, how can we use positive self-talk ourselves, and how can we extend self-compassion and also extend grace for kids? Okay, so uh, instead of just looking at the the here and now, getting uh, compliance with, you know, uh, strategies that maybe they'll behave now in the moment, but not really being very helpful long-term, you're teaching these kids skills, weaving it into their routine and their minds so that you're looking at long-term behavioral transformation. That is actually a a great way of describing it. So, and we'll dive into this more deeply in a a follow-up podcast, but there's the concept of compliance versus collaboration. And of course, we want our children to cooperate when we're giving them a direction, when we need them to get dressed and ready for the day, or as, as educators, when we need them to get into line so we can walk to lunch. Um, We need children to follow directions, but it's really powerful if we can teach skills and if we can help them collaborate with us, because when there's that collaboration piece, you get more investment from children. You help them become a critical thinker. They're understanding the Mm -hmm. why behind a direction or behind an expectation that you have. And like you mentioned, that's what's going to lead to the long-term behavioral change and the long-term wellness. And, you know, we want children to be self-disciplined. What are children Mm -hmm. doing when we're not there? Right? So when Mm -hmm. we're not in the room as a teacher, when you have a substitute teacher, what are our children doing? And is there that intrinsic motivation? And again, this is another great topic we'll explore further, but intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic. We're going to be talking about ways that you can foster intrinsic motivation because quite honestly, that's praise versus punishment and punishment and rewards and consequences. These are all of these terms that we hear thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about ways that we can essentially form a really strong relationship with children and ultimately have relationship be our goal. So long story short, social and emotional learning equips kids with important skills and ultimately it helps them develop a positive core sense of self and it strengthens our relationship with them. Mm, That's That's, awesome. That's the end goal. All right. So let's jump over to the uh, when here. So when would you say a kid is old enough to start understanding some of these concepts. 
That's an excellent question. Positive Choices has an early childhood edition. And so children as young as two and three uh-huh. are, the, yeah, they're in preschools. We have a number of preschools that are using this curriculum. And essentially, they're laying the groundwork. And it's really exciting with younger children. They Their brains are developing rapid fire. They're making all of these neurological connections. I mean, they're learning a language. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're navigating the world. So if we start to teach them these foundational concepts, that's what's really going to essentially create these neuropathways in their brain, and it's going to solidify. So definitely, as we look at children in preschool, that's an excellent time to be using and teaching these skills directly. Mm -hmm. But it's actually interesting, as parents, as teachers, before you even have children come into the classroom, as an educator, you would start to read the book and read the materials and the curriculum. That's what teachers do. So that way you have a framework and an understanding of what it is that you're going to teach. So that's very common in schools. That's kind of Mm -hmm. what teachers do to prepare before they teach their children. Now, when we look at families, as someone is exploring, as they're realizing that they're going to have a child or maybe they have a very young child, that is the perfect time as a parent for you to start making those connections in your brain, to start learning, oh, this is the approach that I'm going to have as my child makes social mistakes. How do I respond to my child when they start telling me no? So sure, they might be a young child, might be a baby right now, an infant, toddler. When you're able to have a plan essentially in your own brain, understanding what's my approach going to be to discipline, and we'll talk more about discipline and kind of Mm -hmm. expanding the concept of discipline. Societally, we look at discipline oftentimes as being equated with punishments, but we'll have a podcast that dives more into defining discipline as teaching. So Mm -hmm. being able to read this book, being able to listen to these podcasts, checking out our YouTube channel. As someone who is wants to be a parent or has a really, really young child, this is going to start to impact the way that you orient yourself and the way that you set up your relationship with your child. So I think being able to dive into the research and understanding these concepts is important um, before before you even embark on your parenting journey as, as, as a family. So you mentioned this working with preschool age kids. So what's that look like then? Exactly. It's it's really neat as we think about where children's brains are at. And as I mentioned, they are learning languages. They're learning even younger. They're learning how to walk. They're navigating how to relate with peers and friendships. And so as you start to provide them with the language of, oh, you fell down. That really hurt. You scraped your knee. You feel sad. Ouch. That hurt your body when you did that. What that looks like w- when they're one, two years old, you're just narrating for them. You're mm-hmm. essentially, you're giving words to what's happening. You're helping them. Essentially, you're validating their internal experience. So they're experiencing anger or frustration. They can't have the toy that's within their reach. They can't throw the carrots or peas. Um, They can't continue to play at recess when a child's in kindergarten or preschool, You know, when Mm -hmm. playtime's over. Um, You're saying, yeah, that was really frustrating to you. That's their internal experience. You have the boundary. And we're transitioning to this and you still have the the expectation there. So to go back to your question in regard to what does that look like, essentially it looks like teachers and and families changing the way in which they narrate and orient themselves towards their children. Hmm. And it's neat to see kids who start to pick up that language. I've coached a 
family and they had a two-year-old who was all about saying the word, talking about neurons and the brain. And he really latched onto that. And we have, we have kids in preschools that I've observed who are saying, I'm using my problem solving power. I'm, I'm using my, can we use share power? And now you see two kids who are sharing a block Mm. because in one of the chapters, it talks about how when you solve problems in different ways, your brain's so strong, it's like a superhero. So Mm -hmm. it's really neat to see, yes, in preschool, young children, you can see them start to use the language. And essentially, it's it kind of comes down to our estimation of of what children and students can achieve. Mm -hmm. There's research in the educational setting that talks about a teacher's estimation of student achievement is one of the highest one of the highest factors for children's academic success. So mm-hmm. essentially where a teacher believes a child can succeed, that's mm-hmm. going to greatly impact how they, I mean, the extent to which they yeah. succeed wow. academically at least. And so it's really helping us expand our understanding of, you know what, I'm going to start to talk about emotions. I'm going to talk about positive choices they can make and let's take deep breaths. As you start to use this language, mm-hmm. they're picking up on it. They're, they're learning language. They're learning so many things. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to be able to leverage their brain development to help them learn really helpful things. All right. So you're giving them the language to be able to connect with emotions and in doing so, helping them develop that emotional intelligence then, if you will, and being able to understand their own emotions and thoughts and being able to express them in a way that's accurate. I mean... A lot of adults can't even do that. Exactly. And it's it's neat because I mean you might see you might see young children who are two, three, and they are absorbing it and they're learning and maybe they're not mm-hmm. expressing it verbally all those words. And then sure. like I mentioned, you might have a two year old who's super fascinated about their brain and they mm-hmm. are often running with their with their verbal expressive language. And mm-hmm. so it's it children absorb it. They, you see it demonstrated in terms of their knowledge of mm-hmm. the content and the information in different ways. But essentially, you are essentially you're coming at a very important time in their development mm-hmm. to give them important tools and concepts to help them throughout their life. All right. So let's talk about older children. How does this apply to them? Great question. The positive choices curriculum, both the school and the home, have been used through preschool, starting at preschool to fifth grade. And as I've done webinars for families, especially, it's been really neat to see families who are joining and getting a lot out of the content and being able to apply it to their teenagers. Because Mm. all of the curriculum, all of the scientific research that we are embedding and interweaving, Mm -hmm. this is is cognitive behavioral therapy. This is helping humans understand, like you were saying earlier – the connection between their thoughts and their feelings, their perceptions of what's happening, being able to articulate their needs, being mm-hmm. able, a huge piece is how to repair and restore relationships. And so mm-hmm. tuning into this podcast, it's really going to help humans of all ages, working with your adult children, mm-hmm. talking to your to your partner, or your spouse, it, it really does sure. provide, because essentially it provides information for how humans relate. It's that interpersonal neurobiology, which Mm -hmm. we will dive into later, but essentially it's helping understand how the way in which you interact with others actually affects you at your immune level, the way your brain develops. It's really exciting. And this is certainly Mm -hmm. content and information that's applicable for children and people of all stages of life. 
All right. Well, this has been a great flyby of uh, the podcasts to come. We're looking forward to diving into more concepts later on and uh, taking a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, at uh, the studies and neuroscience that have informed this curriculum. In addition to looking at the studies, we're also going to make sure that we are integrating the practical, effective ways that you can take this information and apply it this evening or when you're driving your kids to school. As a teacher, how are you going to use this information in your classroom tomorrow as you're doing a math lesson? So we're definitely going to make it practical and applicable for everyday life. All right. And I know we have some fun stories to look forward to coming from Lindsay about using the curriculum in her kindergarten classroom. Classic stories that definitely will make you chuckle and also that are insightful. Oh, they're very insightful anecdotes for sure. Well, we want to thank you for joining us today and listening to this episode of the Positive Choices Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Make sure to join us next week as we explore what we call the three C's, connecting, calming, and collaborating. We hope that you have a wonderful week and we'll talk with you soon.